0: things change don't they it is a uh, for lack of a better term it's a crazy world isn't it but aren't you grateful Jesus is still the same Jesus is still on the throne this has not taken him by surprise and I'm grateful for that I'm grateful to be with you today I don't know about you but I'm just going to speak for myself a little bit today it hasn't been the most encouraging few months lately in fact if you're like me it's just a whole lot to be discouraged about it's just a whole lot out there just when you think you got one thing conquered just when you think you can get through one thing man you turn around and there's something else that's challenging your resolve how many of you had your resolve challenged lately and it's just uh for me, I've had to really check my spirit, because I've, I've just had a critical spirit lately about a whole lot of things that are going on in our world. And it was just the other day I started checking myself, and I'm, I was thinking, you know, Josh, you, all that's going on in the last couple of months, you've really gotten down. You've, you've really gotten discouraged. And it's real easy to have a critical spirit during this time. Real easy to be discouraged during this time. And so I hope today as we work through the Bible, as we work through God's Word, that maybe, just maybe, you and I both could walk out of here just a little bit more encouraged. Because how many of you know that's what we really need? In Acts chapter 4, if you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn there. Acts chapter 4. And Pastor James, thank you so much for having us back red lane thank you so much church for uh, having me back here to be with you guys today in acts chapter 4 verse 36 and 37 will be our start off verse and then we'll go through the bible and look at a few other verses acts chapter 4 verse 36 thus joseph who was also called by the apostles Barnabas. This guy had two names. He started out as Joseph, but then eventually somewhere along the line something happened where a couple of people or a group of people got together and said, you know what? You ought to be called Barnabas. And there was a reason that Joseph's name changed to Barnabas. Well, what exactly did Barnabas mean? Well, the Bible says right here that Barnabas, in essence, means son of what? Son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. Can you imagine for a moment that this guy named Joseph had such an encouraging spirit? such an encouraging atmosphere around him that a couple of people got together and said, you know, we ought to change your name because you're such an encouragement to those around you. Son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus. Well, what did he do that was so encouraging? Oh, we'll find out in just a moment. There was a lot of things, several things through the Bible where Barnabas, Joseph, was constantly encouraging people, constantly lifting them up. Well, what did he do here in this particular case? He sold a field, a a track of land, a piece of property that was in his name, a piece of property that he had control of. If you went to the courthouse during those days, you would look up that piece of property, and his name would be on it. He had full control of it. And he made a decision to sell that piece of property, and he brought the money from that sale, and he distributed it to the apostles, laid it at the apostles' feet, and said, take this, use it in essence for the advancement of the gospel. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a great encouragement. I have so much to be thankful for, and I know you do too. But when I look back over my life and when I look back over those times in the valley, I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm grateful for my family. But looking back, God placed key people in my life at key moments in my life to offer up and give me a good dose of encouragement. How many of you have ever had that in your life? I mean, you know what I'm saying. You look back over your life, and there were times where you were just ready to give up. There were times where you were just ready to throw in the towel, and all of a sudden, all it took was a little note of encouragement. Somebody to come along beside you and say, good job, you're doing good, maybe a cheerleader. Well, I want us today to be thankful for those who have encouraged us along the way, because oftentimes we forget those who have walked along beside us and gave us a good dose of encouragement. My, don't we need those today? In fact, not long ago, I realized the power of encouragement when I was dumb enough to register for a marathon now that's the just the craziest thing you've ever heard to pay you pay big money to run and about on mile 24 you start thinking in your mind just how stupid you are but along the way were random people who were holding up signs just for encouragement stranger, you're almost there. Keep going. You've almost got it. I didn't even know who those people were, didn't know their name, but their only reason for being there was to offer up a note of what? Note of encouragement. A note of encouragement along the way to encourage. Oh, listen, I am so thankful for those people in my life Who've offered up great amounts of encouragement it was william Arthur ward who said flatter me and i may not believe you criticize me and i may not like you ignore me and i may not forgive you but you encourage me i'll never forget you i'll never forget you oftentimes encouragers don't get the limelight don't get the stage don't get any recognition But honestly, when we look back, they played a key role in our life to keep us going. Our own personal cheerleader when we're down and out. I enjoy doing that now, just encouraging pastors, encouraging church planners who right now are going through a very difficult time. Well, today in our time together, I want to recognize four encouragers and their characteristics in the Bible. Because now more than ever, we with the hope of Jesus need to be, you and I, need to be great encouragers in fact i know we need a cure for corona along with many other needs in our country right now but one thing i know that everybody could use right now is a strong dose of encouragement so the first man on the scene we've talked about his name is barnabas he had a name but a group of people changed his name His friends, his Christian brothers, changed his name. He made such a great impact in a certain area of ministry that they decided to call him something else. In fact, in the Bible, a name change is far more significant than we might think because the name of a person symbolizes character or or virtue. It's important when a name is changed. Let me ask you something. What if your Christian friends got together today and said... You know, we need to change your name. We feel like your name ought to reflect who you are during this time. I hate to even think over the past few months what my friends (laughs) would change my name to now. But let me ask you something. What if your name reflected who you are and how you've been over the past couple of months? What would your Christian friends say your name ought to be changed to? Don't answer that. Barnabas was a great encourager he realized it was going to take money to advance the gospel boy how many of you know that's true more money than we would ever thought and so he sold a piece of property and brought the money and laid it at their feet offering up resources for the advancement of the gospel so a great encourager number one we realize a great encourager is a generous giver he was so concerned with the gospel moving forward he realized what it took i remember as a pastor when i was pastoring our church in louisa oh pastor appreciation month october great wonderful thank you thank you so much appreciate that pastor great sermon oh thank you so much that's wonderful i'm really glad you got a blessing from the sermon today that's awesome but I remember as a pastor the greatest encouragement were, were those people who were generous with their time talent and yes treasures and I had people in our church that wanted to pick which one they were going to be generous with and more generous with this more generous with that they, they thought they could pick and I was grateful for any kind of generosity that I could see But one of the greatest things that will encourage us more than anything is a generous spirit. As we move on, the second characteristic, Barnabas is found later on in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 9. And if we look at Acts chapter 9, verse 26 through 31, we see Barnabas, the son of encouragement, showing up again. Look at verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem meaning Saul now, Paul, Saul, same person, he attempted to join the disciples. Now, those of you who know Saul's background, his testimony wasn't, I mean, this guy was in charge of murdering, murdering Christians. He didn't have a very good testimony. And so he got saved on the road to Damascus. God changed his life. And he, God had transformed him and now he was trying to be integrated into the church. And so he came to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples and the Bible says they were all afraid of him. The first impressions team ran when he showed up that day. They tore the tent down, tore the cards up and took off, scared to death. By the way, you ever felt that way when someone's walked in? Oh my gosh, they're here. To which I would respond, praise the name of Jesus. They're here. But they were all afraid because they didn't think that Saul was really a disciple. Oh, he's not a Christian. No, 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 no. Do you know what he did? And so it didn't start well for him. And the Bible says right here, but Barnabas. Things weren't going well as Saul tried to integrate in the church. Things were going bad. First impression team's gone. But Barnabas, Barnabas, the son of what? The son of encouragement, came to him and took him by the arm and, and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord. The Lord had spoken to him. And how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. He was truly converted. So he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but the, they were seeking to take him out to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So, verse 31 the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church, the Bible says here, the church multiplied. The church was lifted up. that Things started happening. But remember, it all goes back to Barnabas taking him by the arm and integrating, and integrating him into the church. Saul was a bad dude. But Barnabas knew the power of God. Barnabas was convinced that God could change anybody. Are we convinced of that? What were the others doing? Well, understandably, condemning maybe, judging. Oh, that person, you ever said something like this? That person will never change. Oh, I know what they've done everybody's got one of them in their life You're praying over and over and over again you just wonder is god ever going to change their life and sometimes we give up and the other apostles were saying man that's saul and i understand the concerns of the disciples but what if barnabas wouldn't have brought saul in Now, we all have plenty of folks who will give us advice and tell us all the things that we're supposed to do. But thank God for those encouragers like Barnabas who provide, in essence, a safe place for us at times to share our hearts. Anybody in here have a safe place that you can go, a person that you can trust, a great encourager that you know won't condemn you, won't put you down for what you're about to say, and a safe place where you can share? I'm sure that Barnabas was a great listener, analyzing Saul and hearing his heart and really taking a risk to go to bat for this, in essence, murderer. One of the greatest things that you and I could do as encouragers is very simply to to listen. And I don't know about you, but I've been trying to listen more lately than speak. (laughs) Now is a good time to use two ears and one what one mouth just trying to listen trying to understand and that's one of the hardest things for us to do is just listen without without giving advice so encouragement number two characteristic a great encourager will provide a safe place without judging and giving advice now let me just clarify here sometimes we need people to give us advice you know, there are times when I go to my mom or my dad I say, can you just tell me what to do? But oftentimes, God's already told us what to do. God's already spoke to us. We know what to do. All we need is an encourager to listen and to come along beside us and help us do exactly what God's called us to do. And that's, that's who Barnabas was. Barnabas was a great listener, a, a great courager. I was on a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago with a group of pastors, and a guy named Jonathan Falwell was in that group. Anybody know Jonathan Falwell? Great man of God, great church. And so I actually logged on to the Zoom call because, quite honestly, I, my role as a strategist with the SBCV, I, I'm, I'm somewhat supposed to know what to do and help pastors to decide what to do and i don't know about you but over the past few months i just don't know what to do (laughs) and so i said well jonathan knows what to do and i'm gonna log on to this zoom call and i'm gonna come away off of that zoom call and i'm gonna know what to what i'm gonna know what to do how many of you hadn't known what to do (laughs) the past couple of months what do we do i don't know What, what do we do i don't know and I got on that Zoom call, and this is what he said. He said, you may think we have it all together here at Thomas Road. But right now, sometimes our staff just looks at each other and says, we don't know what to do next. And so there's a lot of people that just don't know what to do. It's quite discouraging not knowing what to do. But maybe, maybe it's time Maybe it's time that the church says, I don't know what to do, but God, you know what to do, and I'm ready to listen to whatever you're saying to do right now. We've seen and heard testimony after testimony of how through the pandemic, God is working. We've seen, you ready for this? we've seen good things come out of this terrible thing does that make sense we've seen people who are who are now ready to listen whereas before they were too busy or a lot of stuff going on and and then when the whole world gets shut down all of a sudden you've got time to do what listen we've actually seen people give their heart to christ through the pandemic and as a direct result of what's going on that's a great encouragement but as we move on from Barnabas we come to two more people in the Bible that were great encouragers a guy named Aaron and a guy named her anybody ever heard of a guy named her Exodus chapter 17 His mama must not have liked him too much. Exodus chapter 17, look at verse 8. Great encouragers. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'm going to stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And so like a good second chair leader, verse 10, Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Verse 11, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel was winning. Israel was prevailing. But whenever his hands were lowered, Amalek prevailed. But over the course of time, Moses grew weary. Moses grew tired, just like many of us. There are times when we grow weary. So his buddies, his encouragers, took a stone and put it under him and said, Take a seat. And Aaron and Hur stood on each side of Moses, and they held his hands up because he was weak. And his hands were were steady on on the sides and they did that until the sun went down. So here they are, they've come along beside him and they've held up his hands because he was growing weary. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. In other words, he won the battle. The battle was won because there were two great encouragers. They come along beside Moses and said, we know you're weary we know you're tired let us help you we're going to hold your hands up and then of course verse 14 the lord said to moses write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of joshua that i will utterly blot out the memory of amalek from under heaven and moses built an altar called the name of it the lord is my banner because ultimately we know that's where the success come from saying a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, how many of you ever heard of a man named Moses? Very popular guy. I've been learning about Moses ever since I was a little kid in a Sunday school class. A lot of people have heard about a man named Aaron. But not too many people have heard about a man named her his mom as mentioned probably didn't like him very much they named him her but he goes down into the pages of scripture as a great encourager of moses which number three what is the characteristic of an encourager A great encourager realizes the humility of the job. I wonder sometimes if people aren't more of an encouragement because they don't necessarily get the fame and and the notice that others get. But I'm grateful that God put in the Bible, inspired in the Bible, these great encouragers. It's not the position that everyone's talking about after church on Sunday. Generally, it goes like this. Oh, did you hear the song the praise team sang? Oh, heaven came down, and I'm grateful for music. Oh, that sermon was awesome. It just moved me, and I'm grateful for sermons. Amen? Amen. Grateful for preaching. And certainly a song or a sermon could be a source of great encouragement. But no one's writing books or hymns on a man named Her and yet the bible says this gentleman came along beside moses he don't get a whole lot of recognition and he helped moses get through the battle he helped moses get through the war it's called the second chair and it's vital second chair not everyone's a first chair some people are second chairs but encouragers often come alongside their leader and instead of complaining and griping, which would be easy to do right now, about how bad things are, they offer solutions that are often very simple and yet powerful. Oh, it'd be real easy to have a critical spirit right now. Every inch of our lives have been changed by something in fact, when I came in this morning, I forgot my mask. I'm like, oh my gosh, mask. I go into the store, forget my mask. Go here, and all, I, I, I'm just fed up with all this stuff. Everywhere we go. And then our church, our church will be okay. Our, our church is, at least we have our church. And then all of a sudden, even that's affected every area of our lives have been affected in a very short period of time and if we're not careful we'll get in a bad place and how many of you know once you have a critical spirit it starts to get inside of you and then the next thing you know ain't nothing good in your life (laughs) Nothing's working out. You start looking at the kids, and they ain't mowing the grass the right way, and they didn't do this, and they didn't. All of us, all of a sudden, the next thing you know, there's there's this critical spirit that's invaded our lives. But a great encourager will come along beside and lift up hands. Her wasn't a great general like Joshua. He wasn't a great leader like Moses. He wasn't a great high priest like Aaron. He was a volunteer. He did what he could. I can hold up this side. A great encourager does what they can, especially during this time. Not much credit, not much limelight, but the psalmist said in Psalm 84.10, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God Than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Not to mention that Joshua was a great second chair leader. He was a great encourager. He's in the battle fighting while Moses is up on the hill. Oh, we need encouragers. A great encourager, number four, a great encourager discerns when others are tired. And quite frankly, right now as Christians, how many of you believe we've got the answer and the hope of Jesus? If we're not careful, we'll miss the opportunities around our lives to be a great encouragement to people who don't have the hope of Jesus. It'd be easy to miss. A great encourager discerns what's going on in other people's lives when they're tired, when they're worn out. Moses is up on the hill, but Joshua's down there fighting. There are people in our lives who have come along beside us when we've been tired and held our hands up. As I mentioned, this pandemic's been quite discouraging. I've had to help church planners and to figure out, I mean, what do you do when you've been meeting for three weeks in a school and you just launched your church? And now all of a sudden you don't have a place to meet in one week, just like that. One week. What do you do with that? How how do you remain encouraged when it seems like everywhere you turn, there's something going on? As mentioned, one of our planners was meeting for three weeks. The pandemic hit. And since he was meeting in the school, it's likely that he won't get that back. In fact, it's likely that every church that's been meeting in schools across Virginia and all over the world, probably, probably won't get any of that back. Many of our plants, our church plants in Virginia were meeting in schools, now finding themselves without a location. Many of them have resorted to meeting outside, and even in this heat, it's been hot. But yet week after week, they stand and proclaim the gospel while people come and try to find a shade tree wherever they can in a parking lot. Oh, listen, it's discouraging. But not long ago, I received an email from one of our planners just out of nowhere. Here's what it said. Josh, since the quarantine began, we've seen three people profess faith in Christ and get connected to our discipleship structures. In each case, one or multiple of our members was engaging with them before the quarantine but the slowdown drastic understatement the slowdown of the quarantine created space for them to really pray and consider the claims of the gospel now we're trying to figure out how to do socially distance baptism lol you all know what that means right I wanted to share the good news to encourage you and to let you know that what you're doing is making a difference in my life. We are grateful for the partnership of the SBCV. SBCV's generosity helps make our ministry possible. And might I add, your generosity makes our generosity to Him possible. So thank you for your generosity. You see, generosity encourages people. And because of your generosity, there's a church planter in Charlottesville, Virginia, who's seeing people come to know Christ in a very tough city. You see, generosity encourages. But then as we close out this morning, there's one more guy. There's one more guy that was known throughout the pages of Scripture as a great encourager. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 30. His name, his name was Epaphroditus. Now a lot of us have heard of Moses. A lot of us have heard of David. A lot of us have heard of Paul. A lot of us have heard of Peter. But not a whole lot of people, not a whole lot of people have heard Of Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus was known for his encouragement. Was known for his positive outlook. Philippians chapter 2, 25 and 30. Verse 25, I have thought it necessary to send to you, necessary, notice that, necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. I got to get Epaphroditus to him. I got to get Epaphroditus. Who are we going to send? Everybody's discouraged. Who do we send? Uh, Let me think. I got a guy. I know who we can send Epaphroditus. And he says this My brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, and your messenger. And watch this now and a minister to my need a minister to the ministers for he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill verse 27 indeed he was sick so sick he almost died but god had mercy on him and not only him but on me also lest i should have sorrow upon sorrow I am the more eager to send him therefore that you may rejoice at seeing him again and I I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men for he nearly died for the work of Christ risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Now we could go through the Bible and and we could develop an anatomy of those who were discouragers to Paul. Paul. A whole lot of those there was alexander the coppersmith in second timothy 4 14 who did him he refers to being done great harm a great discourager in verse 9 there's there's this guy named demas i don't know about you i don't want to be known for discouragement <laughs> i don't want to be known as that guy oh man here he comes he's such a great discouragement i don't want that i want to be known as a great encourager but here are these guys alexander and demas they were great discouragers in verse 9 the bible says that that he was on his team and then deserted him but Paul just didn't give the discouragers a whole lot of airtime. He loved to talk about and thank his encouragers. And if we look through the characteristics of Epaphroditus, we know that Epaphroditus was a great friend. A great encourager is a great friend. We see him referring to Epaphroditus as my brother, those who are united in the bonds of, of, of affection. Hey, if you're a Christian, We're on the same team. We don't need to shoot each other. Sometimes we have a bad reputation among the lost as those who shoot each other down or put each other down or discourage each other. We ought to be known as those who who lift each other up, who encourage one another, those who provide solutions to those who fall, who just want to help. When times are tough, a brother. We're brothers and sisters. He says, fellow worker. The best way to encourage one another is in the church, is to get to work for Jesus. What are we doing to help each other through this time? He says, a fellow soldier, meaning there's a battle. I'm going to battle beside you. I'm not going to stab you in the back. I'm with you. And I want to be the real thing. I remember thinking when I was running that marathon one not very smart but then number two if all these people that I don't know could encourage me so much how powerful would the church of the Lord Jesus Christ be if we just stood with each other and encouraged one another lifted each other up prayed for each other and really actually did it in closing I couldn't conclude without the greatest encourager of all time. The Holy Spirit. Jesus, who said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, for you will find rest. For your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light listen mean people are everywhere can i get an amen a few are masters of humiliation their put downs have become classics a lady named nancy astor the first woman to take a seat in the british house of commons who was known for her sharp wit said to winston churchill If you were my husband, I'd poison your tea. To which Churchill replied, If you were my wife, I'd drink it. (laughs) Well, the rest of us who are not that quick-witted have to resort to the tried and true put-downs. We're not the brightest crayon in the box, not the coldest Dr. Pepper in the cooler. We're one sandwich short of a picnic, but the Lord Jesus Christ is on our side we have power in him the mood of cynicism and criticism is epidemic right now even the army of god whatever your regiment is famous for shooting its wounded like barnabas and the many marathon encouragers however it should be offering high fives for the exhausted cheering them to the finish line it works it worked for me maybe you're here today And if you're like me you found yourself just discouraged well you know one of the things i found that worked for me is when i'm discouraged i find somebody that i can encourage this works magic when i'm down i find somebody to lift up maybe maybe today there's somebody in your life that you've noticed and the holy spirit has brought to your mind It very simply needs encouragement. Don't put that off. Don't put that off. In fact, during our prayer time or maybe immediately after service, what I want to challenge you to do is to take your phone out. Everybody got a phone? Most people do. Go through your list and just send a note of encouragement to those people who have encouraged you over the years. Just send them a note of encouragement. I know they'll probably be freaking out. But you encourage them. You never know what God's doing with that. And then lastly, maybe you're here and you don't know the great encourager, Jesus Christ. At the end of our service today, if you have a decision that you need to make for Christ, I want to invite you to talk to Pastor James or go to a website, fill out a a visitor form or a decision form or whatever that might be. But make a decision for Christ. As we finish out this last song, maybe the Lord's speaking to your heart. Maybe you need to make some decisions. Don't put those off. Father, thank you so much for Red Lane. Thank you so much, God, that in the middle of of such a crazy time where we could easily get discouraged, Lord, you always find a way to encourage us. And I pray, God, that we would be great encouragers to those around us thank you for those in the bible who we've read about today who are great encouragers let us be like them father in the name of jesus and all god's people say would you stand to your feet as we finish